When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Storied. That's the nothing personal word of the day. It is Thursday, September 21st, 2023. And I'm talking about the storied franchise that is otherwise known as the Chicago Bears. Duh, Bears. Sorry, had to do that. I don't even know where to start. We could be talking about the stadium situation, the issues with Soldier Field. Are they moving to Arlington? Are they not? They bought the racetrack. Let's get a building done. Wait a minute, maybe Gurney. How about Highland Park? Well, no, the city of Chicago is back in it. The number one pick in the draft. We could talk about so many things. What a terrible season they're having. It's only been two weeks, but things are bad. But that's not worthy of a word of the day or an opening segment on nothing personal on Thursday, the day before the start of this ridiculous 48-hour challenge that I'm doing, where I'm exhausted in advance, running in the middle of a rainstorm on Saturday. Don't get me started. We'll talk about that later. Storied. So I figured here's where we'd start. We're going to talk about the quarterback and what happened with Justin Fields. You won't believe it. Then we're going to talk about the defensive coordinator. You won't believe what's going on there either. We're going to just start though with Justin Fields. First round pick, quarterback, Everything's great, except he can't win games, but it's all gonna start now. Then, prior to practice yesterday, he meets the media and says the following. Could be uh, you know, coaching, I think, but um, you know, at the end of the day, it makes it, you know, uh, they're doing their job when they're giving me, you know, what to look at, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I you know, can't be thinking about that when the game comes, I prepare myself throughout the week. And then when the game comes, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's time to play free at that point. So, um, you know, just thinking less and you know, playing more. This is amazing. If you're not watching this live on Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel, you just heard Justin Fields when asking a question about his relative lack of effectiveness saying, hey, it could be coaching, I think. But the best part of that quote and there's way more from Justin Fields throughout the course of a very bizarre day in the storied history of the Chicago Bears. He said in that 25-second soundbite, they give me, they're doing their job. They tell me what to do. They give me the plays. But I can't be thinking about that when the game comes. Can I just take a quick five-second break and ask a question? When you practice something for your job, you rehearse something for a play, they tell you where to stand to deliver a line, and then the camera's rolling, you're somewhere else, and you say, listen, I appreciate the guidance, but I can't be thinking about where to stand when I deliver that line. Or when you're told how to fix a car, you work in a, how about you work in a plant, you're putting together something, any sort of item, 
and there's an order, there's a sequence, and you learn it, you rehearse it, you get certified in it, and then when the light comes on and the bell rings, you go out of order because you say, hey, I can't be thinking about the order of operation. It's total horse hockey. How is that even possible that a player would be willing to say that publicly? Listen, the coaches put so much in my head. I got to play free. I can't think about all the stuff, all the plays, plays, schmays. I want to go out there like we're playing eighth grade flag football. I'm just going to go out there and create. He wants to be free, he said. I know a great way to be free if you are a quarterback in the NFL. Become not a quarterback in the NFL. You can't just go out there. No, Patrick Mahomes, he's free. He's the perfect example. He creates. He's a play creator. He just reads the defense and decides what he's going to do. Nope. That's what all quarterbacks do. He just does it better. He has the ability to read, to get passes in a place where other people can't to complete something from a broken play. That's amazing skill. But how do you know when there's a broken play? Why do you check off different receivers before just laying one in the flat? That's because you've gone through all the parts of the play and there's another alternative. I wonder whether or not Justin Fields wears the wristband thing, Coca. That thing the quarterback wear, they wear it and they look and that's their plays. I assume Justin wouldn't need to wear one because why bother? Because you want to be free and you don't want to think about what the coaches have told you. So then Justin Fields goes out, goes to practice. And then after practice, he met the media again. And instead of playing the sound of what he said, I want you to guess. What do you think happened during the course of that practice? Here's how it works. Justin Fields says what he says, the PR department for the Bears, here's what he says, goes right to the head of PR, who goes right to the GM, goes to the president of the team, they're meeting during practice saying, wow, we're gonna have to deal with this because we can't have an article out there that Justin Fields is impugning the quality of our coaching staff. Check the web, has it happened? Yeah, there's stories everywhere, immediately. It's a tweet-a-thon. Justin Fields questions, coaching. Nope, can't have that. So the meeting happens during the course of the practice. They pull Justin Fields off the field, either after practice or during practice. And they say, dear Justin, we're a storied franchise. We're right up against it, heading into a game against the Chiefs. We're 12 and a half point dogs. We already stink. We can't have this type of distraction. We would like it if possible, that you'd be willing to meet with the media and maybe walk back those comments. Is there any chance you're willing to do that? So of course, at the end of practice, here comes Justin Fields going to meet the media and guess what he says? <laughs> it, this is true, this actually happened. My quotes were taken out of context. So let me stop that and explain about quotes being taken out of context, because that's a real thing when you're managing a team or when you're involved in PR or when you're a player. You give a 10 minute interview when that interview gets taken down to one minute sound bites, or there's a thousand words of interviews or of a statement and they take out and they use just dot, dot, dots and then put in the words they want. There is no professional athlete and there is no person in the front office who is not aware 
of what that means and how that works. When you know that you are meeting the media or whenever you're talking to the media, you have to believe that anything you say can and will be not used against you, but taken out of context. Therefore, you have to give context to something that you're saying before you say it and after you say it, you sandwich it. And that enables you to have comfort that it will take media with a major agenda to put a dot, 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 this coach stinks, dot, dot, dot. And what you haven't put in there is when he goes to the bathroom or because he is in favor of a deodorant that I am not in favor of. Totally fine, totally innocuous, but you put in there the dot, 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 this coach stinks, dot, 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 all of a sudden you got yourself a story. Now, the problem with the media outlet doing the dot, dot, dots on both sides of a quote about a coach stinking is they know in about two seconds on Twitter, they're gonna look like fools to their editor. Their editor's gonna be annoyed and they may lose their job because it's so beyond the pale that you can get to an article that Justin Fields is saying his coaching staff stinks when he was speaking about BO or bathroom habits. So it doesn't happen as often as you think. But the story that Justin Fields is gonna go with in the beginning is that was taken out of context. But the front office said, not good enough. It's like you're all trying to split us up. I'm not blaming anything on the coaches. I'm never gonna blame anything on the coaches. I'm never gonna blame anything on my teammates. Whatever happens in a game, I will take all the blame. I don't care. Well, you heard that bit of the soundbite. Was it taken out of context? I don't think so, because if it had been taken out of context, then why would you bother to tell your player to meet the media again to clarify? No, no, it's not the coaches, it's me. That's like in a breakup when you say to someone, it's not you, it's me. Don't fall for that crap. It's always you, it's never me. So that would be a bad day for any franchise, but it got worse quickly. The second thing that happened to the storied franchise during the course of yesterday's practice there's something that did not hit my radar until yesterday, and it likely didn't hit your radar either. They had a defensive coordinator named Alan Williams. Last week, Alan Williams was not the defensive coordinator. He was not on the sideline. He was taking some personal time. There had never been great explanation as to what was happening. The coach had taken over, Matt Eberflus, who is a second year coach, had taken over defensive play calling duties, acting defensive coordinator. The reason why you don't want your coach being an acting offensive or defensive coordinator, in my opinion, even though there are some coaches who call offensive plays or defensive plays, is there's too much going on when you're a coach to be responsible solely for one side of the ball. So I've never been in favor of a coach doing that, but I digress. So the coach, Iberflus, calls the plays, no big deal. You meet the media in practice, no big deal. Hey, where's Alan Williams? Well, no update until there was one moments later. The update is that Alan Williams resigned after two games, really only being coordinator for one game this year, resigned. And here was the reason that he gave for his resignation in a statement. I am taking a step back to take care of my health and family. Let's talk about that 
when you resign and when you have that as your statement. And let me tell you, so you don't take this out of context, that this is me surmising what is possible, but giving you from my experience what this is. It does not mean this is the situation with Allen. What it does mean is when we have a coach or a manager or a player who says, I'm taking a step back to take care of my health and family. If you are sick with something physical, let's say cancer, God forbid, and I wouldn't wish that on anybody, trust me, generally, and you don't wanna tell anyone that is your right to keep that private. I absolutely am in favor of whatever you wanna do to deal with what you're dealing with, do it. I'm gonna take a step back and deal with a health issue. I'm taking a step back, I need to take care of myself. There's a medical situation. Whatever the case may be, that's what you say. What about the people who have family problems? Tiger Woods, when he had the ambient situation, the golf club and that what ended up being the divorce when he was having sex with the Applebee's hostess. What about when people get caught cheating and then they go to sex rehab because they announce they are sex addicts? Or people who have actual addiction to drugs and they're going into drug rehab? or people who are going through a divorce and they are stepping back because they want to be there for their kids. And we've seen players do this. We have seen in the past coaches, many times people say, I need to take a leave because I've got to deal with an issue, family issues. There's also mental health. And I'm all in favor. When you are taking a break, you may not want to acknowledge because you don't want to be public about it. No problem. If you're having anxiety, depression, whatever the case may be, I'm taking a leave of absence. But history tells me when you say I'm taking a step back to take care of my health and family, that it's not cancer related, that it is one of the other things I just described. But we don't know about Alan Williams. But what we do know is that whatever existed yesterday also existed the week before when he wasn't the defensive coordinator. But then the statement continues by Alan Williams, and this may give you another clue. I appreciate the opportunity to work with the Chicago Bears, a storied, word of the day alert, NFL franchise with a rich history. You better have a long memory to know about the rich history. The McCaskey family ownership is first class, second to none. What a great statement. I would also like to thank coach Matt Eberflus and GM Ryan Poles for giving me the opportunity to come to Chicago. Talk about not going scorched earth. This is a statement saying, I love everybody. I would also like to thank President Kevin Warren, the coaches, players of which I value the relationships and camaraderie. Is everything okay? I value the NFL shield and all that it stands for. And after taking some time to address my health, I plan to come back and coach again. So the way the statement ended would give you an indication, and I hope it's not the case, is that he's sick. Because what he's saying is, at the end, I'm taking some time to address my health. But what about all that stuff in the middle? What would be the reason to say such nice things about everyone above you and everyone below you in the organization? If you have, God forbid, been struck with a disease, I think it's nice that you say, hey, I love everybody, they're all great people, 
but it's really not out of the ordinary to take time away from your job when you've got to deal with whether it's chemotherapy or some sort of surgery or some sort of something. The reason that you want to say all of these nice things about the owners and about the president, about the players, et cetera, and about the head coaches, you want to work in football again. Not that you want to work for the Bears again, but you want to make sure when people go back and look at what the exit was because something will come out about some sort of gossipy thing that should be none of our business. But there was an issue that happened, whether it's drugs or family, whatever the case may be, you want to make sure that you have that second chance. And you want to make sure when people look back, they say, wow, he handled that with a plum. All of that makes sense to me because I've seen it happen. But then more news, a FBI raid on Bears practice facility coinciding with the resignation of the defensive coordinator, maybe a raid at his house. Everyone's going crazy. What could it be? Until then, the Bears had to make a statement saying, not true. Didn't happen. No raids of any kind. No police presence of any kind. Why was that a rumor? about what happened with Alan Williams. Weird, right? Especially if he just, God forbid, has the C word or another health issue. Just a lot of strange things happening within the Chicago Bears as they are trying to rebound and turn the storied franchise around in a season where they may be the leader in the clubhouse in terms of chaos. And in a season where a chaos for Caleb is happening, Maybe this was the plan to begin with. And here I thought that in Chicago, there would be no greater story than the White Sox and the absolute insanity of their season. The Cubs trying to make the playoffs, good story. Will they, won't they? The White Sox have been the story of Chicago, but now the Bears have taken over. But the White Sox before they give all of the attention to the Bears and their season comes to an end unceremoniously in about 10 days. They did something that was announced yesterday that I just want you to decide for yourself whether or not you agree with my point of view because you don't have to. I love when people disagree, actually. Do you remember I told you on September 1st as part of a wait to see when I say something's going to happen and I tell you I'm going to revisit it when Jerry Reinstorf fired Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn, and then promoted Chris Getz, the Caucasian Chris Getz to be GM, and there was no search of any kind. And I said that Reinsdorf and Manfred are not exactly bosom buddies, and it's a violation of the Selig rule, but there will be an agreement in place because the last thing that Rob wants is further discussion about an old-time octogenarian white owner not following the Selig rule. And I said the way they'll deal with that and I said it on September 1st, is the White Sox will hire a diverse candidate to be the assistant general manager. Slam dunk. Well, yesterday they did. Happens to be a great baseball name, Josh Barfield. Of course, it could be Jesse Barfield, and I'm completely confusing it because we're live, and I don't have a script because Metalark said, script, you got one person, Coca. Keep going, good luck. Anyway, we got that way to see right. 
Jerry Reinsdorf as part of promoting Chris Getz knew that he had no choice to hire a black assistant general manager. And he did. Josh Barfield, congratulations. You're deserving. But the circumstances under which you were named just keep working hard to let people know that that had nothing to do with it. Because in 99% of the cases, it doesn't. But it certainly looks as though anyone who was white who was applying to be an AGM or thought they would be an AGM had no chance. Wait to see today is Alan Williams. Let's talk about Alan Williams and what I think is going to be his future. And here it is. No matter what he said that was so good about the NFL Shield and about everybody else, Alan Williams will not have a coaching job in the NFL when next season starts. And the reason I say that is there has got to be more to the Alan Williams story than what we know now. And it will cause teams to shy away from him. So wait to see Alan Williams, no coaching job next season. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about what happened in Gillette Stadium over the weekend that I have not been able to give enough attention to where a Patriots fan died maybe at the hands of a Dolphins fan. And we're also going to review the fifth season of Virgin River. All when we be, when we be, excuse me, 4869. All when we come right back. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SAMSON. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Quite in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson and Matthew Coca. Thank you so much for going on davidsampsonpodcast.com. Check out the merchandise. You can also find a link to donate to the Michael J. Fox Foundation on davidsampsonpodcast.com starting tomorrow at 10 a.m. I'm still gonna do a show because Coke and I do a show every day. We're gonna do a show and then right after the show, I'm going and starting to do a 48 hour running challenge where I'll run four miles every four hours for 48 straight hours. There's about 11 of us doing this challenge. And if you're in the Northeast, you may pay attention in that Saturday is maybe the biggest storm of the year coming, 30 mile an hour winds, inches of rain, but we will be out there running four miles every four hours. And you can follow along on my social media, David P. Sampson, the Michael J. Fox Instagram page as well, the foundation Instagram page. We're raising money because we need a cure for Parkinson's. So also on that podcast website, davidsampsonpodcast.com, we now have a link available where you can see all of the movies we've reviewed, the TV shows we've reviewed, every word of the day, every pick of the day, every wait to see. 
You wanna talk about accountability, you can take a look at anything we talk about, anything we say on this show. Why? Because that's what you demand of us. You want us to be different and you've given us your loyalty, your trust and your time, and we will always be accountable for the things we say and the mistakes we make and the things we get wrong. For example, yesterday, I said to you, the Pirates played at Pac Bell. One of you DM'd me at David P. Sampson on Twitter and X and said, you misspoke. It's PNC Park in Pittsburgh, not Pac Bell. I got it wrong. I have no prompter. We're live. My brain, it was wrong. Let's switch gears now to something that happened during the uh, game yesterday, uh, last week. I've talked to you about what my worst nightmare is as a team president. I've told you stories about the All-Star game that we hosted in 17, the World Series in 03, how my happiest moment was at the end of every home game when the last person was out of the ballpark, how I loved road games way more than home games because I'm not responsible for whether we run out of hot dogs or whether or not a fan gets into a fight. During the Pats Dolphins game, there was a fight between Pats fans and a Dolphin fan and the Pats fan ended up dying. There is a lot of question. Did the Pats fan get beaten to death? And we've seen this happen even outside of stadiums. You saw that happen in the Dodgers parking lot. You've seen fans get into brawls. And what leagues do is they put up banners that say text 1-800-HAVE-FUN, text alert, pound, see something, say something, former Secretary Jay Johnson. That is all about us trying to limit liability and us trying to pretend that it's gonna be totally safe. When realistically, the way that we staff games with the amount of security that there is combined not just with alcohol, but just with gambling, just with people who have no way to use their words and instead use their fists, it is impossible to properly patrol a game with 30,000, 50,000, 60,000 people. And this has been going on for decades. Go back and look at video tape of the 70s and 80s. Fights in the stands, they're as common as marijuana in the blue seats at the garden. As a person running a team, all you do is make sure you've got cameras everywhere. You make sure that the comms work and you make sure that the response time to an issue is as quick as possible. That's all you can do. And then you get on your knees and pray that nobody's going to die. You have insurance. The insurance, you may hear of it as called slip and fall insurance, but umbrella coverage. We have a lot of insurance when you run a building and operate a building because when someone gets hurt in the building, they slip on ice cream that's on the floor or they get hit with a foul ball or they get punched in the head. Suing the person who did it, the concession worker who dropped the ice cream, nah, that's not gonna be good enough because they probably don't have deep enough pockets. They wanna sue the stadium, the team. Why do you think when you're setting up a ballpark and running a ballpark that your franchise is in a different entity as the entity that runs the stadium. We had a ballpark stadium operating entity, and then we had Florida Marlins LP where the franchise was contained. And the reason why you separate it is so that anyone who sues because of a stadium issue does not have access to the value of your franchise or even your franchise. The flow chart of entities that own and operate a major league sports team 
or an MLB, NFL, NBA, it would knock your socks off how many boxes there are of a flowchart of how many different entities there are. And of course, the owner of the team is the owner of every entity. The general partner of the team is the general partner of every entity. And so to a fan, it's seamless. Say he's the owner of the team, he must own the stadium. You'd be shocked how many assets we had in our ballpark stadium operating company. Good luck. So you're worried about everything because you've got this feeling of, I don't want my fans to get hurt because then they won't want to come to games. We want it to be safe. It's why your politicians want safe neighborhoods. They want you to think that you can walk around at night. They want you to be able to use the parks at night. They worry about safety of their constituents because those are people voting and they don't want to be voted out of office because wow, it's not safe where we are. It's the same thing when you go from that macro level to the micro level of a ballpark. So this comes out, the NFL is despondent over a fan dying because that's not a good look. They had to give a statement which said that we send our deepest condolences. I like that, deepest. We can't get any deeper. It's like when, when I say, I'm sending you my warmest condolences. It means that I can't get any warmer for you and what you're feeling. I just like saying, hey, we send our condolences. Let you decide whether or not they're warm, warmer or warmest. Anyway, we send our deepest condolences to the family and friends of Mr. Mooney. We deplore the activities of a handful of fans who interfere with the enjoyment of others. We continue to work closely with our clubs and law enforcement officials to support our comprehensive fan conduct and stadium security initiatives. Why use that word comprehensive? Because there's gonna be a lawsuit. And the lawsuit from the widow of the dead person, Mr. Mooney, is going to sue the league. They're going to sue the team. They're going to sue everybody they can with the deepest pockets. And the defense will be, hey, it's comprehensive. What more can we do, jury of our peers? We don't have many peers, but let's just pretend we do. And in settlement talks, when we're dealing with the insurance company who are going to ask to pay the settlement to the family, what more can we do? Look at this comprehensive code of conduct we have. But then yesterday, it came out that the person who died, it may not have been the result of a traumatic injury, but rather from a medical issue. So let me get this straight. Somebody gets punched and then falls down as unresponsive. And the claim is gonna be the punch had nothing to do with it because he was about to have a heart attack anyway. I encourage everyone to do some reading about the eggshell skull concept. You find your victims as they are. I don't know if you know this or not, but when you hit someone and they crumble to the ground and you can't say, God, when I hit someone else like that, they don't even have a bruise. I hit you the same way and you croaked. That's not really a defense. Moral of the story, don't hit anyone because you don't know what condition they're in. That said, it's a little far afield for me to believe that Mr. Mooney was about to have the big one and it just so happened to correspond with five seconds after he got clocked. Now, I don't know destiny, I don't know fate, and I don't know how many fries he ate. What I do know is that I don't wanna be on the side of having to prove that. The reason why the NFL would love you to believe that narrative the reason why Gillette Stadium would love you to believe that narrative, and the reason why his widow will not believe that narrative, they're all the same. 
The NFL would like you to believe, along with the owners, that they're providing you safe and fun family entertainment. I always had a problem with family zones inside a ballpark. That used to be a thing where the inference is out there in the wild, there's a lot of stuff going on, but come sit right in section 369 and it's family friendly. That's like the no alcohol zones. Don't worry, all those drunkards in the rest of the building, they won't come at you because you're in section 269 and we only serve lemonade. Give me a break, would you? So there's definitely gonna be more to this story. There will be lawsuits filed. I have my doubts about what we're hearing, the autopsy and how it's linking the issue of how he died. But the overarching point is it's a malrev. It's a nightmare that someone went to a game, a young guy, 53 years old, trying to watch a game, enjoy a game, and then is dead. It's the same tragedy I feel when someone gets hit by a car, when someone just drops suddenly, the suddenness of when you think you're gonna see someone again and you don't, and what that means and what that does to a family, what that does to everybody in that orbit. The league and the team is looking at it from a far different standpoint, trying to make sure they protect themselves from liability and try to make sure that you don't think twice about going to a game for fear that you are going to die. It's the same concept of why when planes crash, there is marketing money that is spent for the airlines to tell you that they have warm chocolate chip cookies. Virgin River season five came out, loved, loved, loved it. I've been watching Virgin River from the beginning. It's like going home when you see Alex Breckenridge who plays Mel and Martin Henderson who plays Jack. Colin Lawrence plays Preacher and a friend of the show, Tim Matheson. Tim, this review is for you. You keep earning these reviews because I've told you from the beginning, if I don't like a season of your show, I have to be honest about it on Nothing Personal because it's nothing personal. The problem is, Tim, that I keep liking the seasons of Virgin River because I watch them and I can't stop. It feels good even when there's stuff going on with drugs and even when you've got some eye problems that I worry about, the character, of course, not you. It's unbelievable. The cinematography, beautiful, where it's filmed up in Vancouver. You may not want to acknowledge that you watch Virgin River because you think, wow, that seems sort of not manly, manly enough. Well, guess what? It's among the top shows on Netflix, US, Canada. Somebody's watching it and that someone includes me. I don't know when there'll be a sixth season because of the strike, but I do know there's some holiday episodes coming up that are being released November 30th that got in under the wire of the strike. And if you're looking for something to binge that feels good in a sea of sludge and negativity that can bring you down as though there's an anvil on your shoulders, Virgin River is the perfect antidote. Okay. I don't wanna make you feel grumpy right now. And if you're a New Yorker, and we've got a pretty good selection of our audience from the New York area, and we appreciate that. Newsflash, you may not like James Dolan as your owner if you're a Knicks fan or a Ranger fan. You may believe the Knicks and Rangers haven't won anything since he started in Prince's year, 1999. You may say that he's a failure. You may be upset about his facial recognition technology. 
You may be upset about his fight with Charles Oakley. You may be upset because he's an absolute POS. You may be jealous or angry about his family money or think that he should spend more time playing the guitar and stop trying to own a team. Totally understand how you feel. James Dolan is not gonna go changing for you. The thing is that Dolan makes you wonder what kind of person he is. Those on the inside of sports know what he is and how he is to work for. But on the outside, the reputation is what the reputation is. And Dolan rarely gives you any reason to think otherwise through his actions. But for whatever reason yesterday, he decided, hey, how about if I remove all doubt about me and your view of me and my view of you with actual quotes? When asked about owning a team, he said, and I summarize, I don't really love owning sports teams. It's not really a great investment. It's sort of sleepy, sort of boring. And even worse, all the people out there, which is something I've said to you before, all the people out there, they think that they could be the owner or general manager of a team. And all they do is come up to me and say, trade this guy, sign this guy, do this, do that. You stuck, you suck, you stink. I have often laughed as president of a team for all those years, the number of emails or calls or fans who would come up to me and give me suggestions about what trade to do, what trade not to do, how bad I am at what I do. And I would say to them in response, thank you for your passion. Apathy is what I don't want. Negativity is second only to positivity, but a far better scenario than the third one, which is apathy. But imagine if I went to your place of business, you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, you're a mechanic, whatever you do for a living, you're a producer, a talent scout. And I sat there saying, my God, do you stink. You don't use that lug nut here, you use that screw head there. My God, that's what you're doing to take care of his knee? Don't you see it's an ACL with a PCL with a slight bit of MCL interference, which leads me to believe that he should be doing 10 minutes of cardio and no surgery. Who the hell am I to say that? I have no training, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a lawyer. This is what you'd be saying when someone came and tried to tell you what to do. It's so ridiculous. But in sports, it is the lowest barrier to entry of any profession when it comes to opinions. Find me another one. Actor? No. No one goes to that Tom Cruise Mission Impossible and says, hey, I can do that. People sort of realize they can't do that. I use doctor as an example, but it's pretty funny when you do brain surgery. It's not like someone saying, hey, I'm gonna take this myself. I got this. Hey, I'm really glad I got, I can change the oil in my car. Yeah, you can, but can you put the damn car together? Yeah, ask John Denver. It's hard to build a plane out of a box. All respect, Rocky Mountain High, sunshine on my shoulders. Love you, John. Oh God, miss you. But come on, there are people who do what they do and that's their job, just like you do your job. So James Dolan, for whatever reason said, this seems like a good opportunity to remind people that I get annoyed that I have to deal with fans and that fans think they can do what I do. 
When asked why people don't like him and whether or not that's going to change, she said, you know what? Being a professional sports owner in New York, I get it. You're not beloved until you're dead. And I was thinking to myself, man, I got to wait like 40 more years, maybe 50 or 60 if things are going well. Although after this weekend, I think I'm losing a year per hour of this ridiculousness this weekend. What a strange thing to say that you're not going to be appreciated until you're dead. I say it a little nicer, which is I'm more than happy to plant seeds whose resulting trees will provide shade that I will never get to enjoy. I like that. That means that I'm willing to do something for the future that I don't need to worry about today. It doesn't mean that I'm waiting to be loved after life or that my legacy will change after I'm dead and that I acknowledge that and think about that and talk about that. Who gives a rat's ass what you're like once you're dead? The things you do when you're alive, the way you treat people, and I'm as guilty as anybody when I was running a team, running it like a business, I understand that. But James Dolan, when you're meeting or doing a podcast or talking to the media or doing PR ahead of your opening of the sphere, that insane ball in Vegas, which looks so cool, I can't wait to go there and just stare at it. That's what I wanna do is just stare at that sphere. I just don't know why he would bring that upon himself. Because when you say you don't like owning teams, you've got to deal with a whole new level of PR where everyone's going to say, well, I've got a great way to get happy. Sell, Mortimer, sell. But he's not going to. Nothing personal pick of the day. We won again. Are you excited? We had the Diamondbacks over the Giants. The Giants are fading. Luckily, Scott Boris put Michael Conforto on the Giants, so they are to the moon, baby. Diamondbacks, one of the great stories. The Diamondbacks, the Marlins, the Orioles, the Rays, these are unbelievable stories of low payroll teams who are kicking some serious ass. So we are 129 and 131. I've got two picks for you because I'm chasing 500. Let me give them to you. Number one, tonight we've got the Cubs playing the Pirates. The Cubs, let me get the exact stat here for you because I was taken aback by their level of scuffle. The Cubs are now a full seven games behind the Brewers. They're three and seven in their last 10. Remember when they were a lock to make the playoffs. Right now, they only have a half game lead on the Marlins, a one game lead on the Reds. They are holding on by the tiniest of margins. And yesterday, if you watch the game, they're playing the Pirates who are playing the role of spoiler, which is what you do at this time of year. And the Pirates went into Wrigley and beat them 13 to seven. Not ideal. So the Cubs have to win. And they've got going tonight. This is a total blank job here, Coca. Stay with me. I'm just looking right now because the information is Hendricks, of course. Hendricks is going sort of the co-ace of the, of the uh, squad. Yeah, we're going to get it. Cubs over Pirates. All right, what about the Thursday night football game? We've got uh, Will Manso's flying in to do this challenge. He's going to do the 48-hour challenge. You, if you're in South Florida, you know him as a sportscaster, an amazing sports host, pre and post for the Miami Heat. Also, you know him as a Giants fan. The night before a 48-hour challenge where there'll be no sleep, he is going to stay up and watch 
the Giants play the Niners. The Giants are getting 10 and a half points. There's no Saquon Barkley. The Giants for the first six quarters of the season were horrific. Their point differential in the first six quarters was 61 to zero, 61 points. Of course, they came back in the second half of last week's game against the Cardinals and won it 31-28 on that amazing comeback with the field goal by the Giants kicker from Scotland. Remember that, Coco? It was the first ever Scotland battery where the snapper or the holder was Scottish and the kicker. Pretty cool. I'm going to go with the Giants plus 10.5 because while the Niners have a chance to be in the Super Bowl, even though I didn't choose them to be, although I chose the Bengals and they certainly haven't started off well. I feel like 10 and a half is a little rich and that everybody is gonna be against the Giants because without Saquon, what do they have? Well, they've got Daniel Jones. That's something, isn't it? So we're taking the Giants plus 10 and a half. We will be back tomorrow with a show. It will be live at 8 a.m., I assure you of that. Please remember to go to our website, davidsampsonpodcast.com. Check out the horse hockey merch. Check out the hoodies, the beanies. It's getting a little colder in the north. And also find that link to donate. A dollar, any amount, as many donations as we can get for the Michael J. Fox Foundation. Brett Parker is trying to become the first individual to raise a million dollars for the Michael J. Fox Foundation. And there's a lot of people who need a cure to Parkinson's. And I appreciate your generosity. If you were going to buy two things at the merch store, buy zero and donate and let me know. As a matter of fact, I will make a deal right now because all donations are tax deductible. If you go to my website and you donate $250 to the Michael J. Fox Foundation, you get a discount. You get not a discount. You get a deduction for that. But we'll send you nothing personal merchandise. We'll send you something from the store for free. How about that? $250 or more for a donation and you get some nothing personal merch and you're helping to find a cure for Parkinson's. That may not be great business for the merch store, but you know what? It's great business for something that matters way more and that is finding a cure for Parkinson's. In this regard, I end every show with, it's just business, it's nothing personal. But today, when I talk about Parkinson's and my ask of you, it's pretty damn personal. We'll be back tomorrow at 8 a.m. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.